What's up, everyone, and welcome to another episode of The Terror Table, a horror movie podcast. My name is Mitch, and I'm one of your hosts here every time you tune into this program. And with me, as always, we have... I'm busy. The gang is back in town. We, we know it's been a little while since we've recorded, but we are very excited to record mm-hmm. another fun episode on two films. We're doing a double feature today. We're doing Prom Night from 1980 and uh, the sequel, Hello, Mary Lou, Prom Night 2. And with us to discuss these films is uh, the lead in our short film, Dur- The Druid's Hand, and also our good pal that we met through this podcast, former UFC fighter, now fucking uh, actor member. wrestler. Professional wrestler and actor member, uh, actor, who's now done a feature film as well. We are welcome Corgi back. owner. Mitch Clark. Yeah, the, the last one was the important one, Corgi owner. Hi, guys. Sorry, how Cor- are you? Corgi's owner. Yeah, multiple it's hell um how's it going guys good better now that you're here yeah <laughs> i'm not gonna lie i'm a little beat like i have that uh i don't know if it's it's like a 24-hour hangover at this point so i'm a little a beat new, off well i went to a new metal night last night um, yeah it looked like you had fun yeah <laughs> maybe <laughs> too <fun>. much <laughs> yeah don't feel good not feeling great today but but i'm happy to be here with my pals and reunited with Mitch again, because it's been a while since we've been able to talk, especially on the show. I think was the last time you were on was that or it would have been the Druid's Hand episode. Yeah, yeah, that okay. was the last one. And then before that, we did some some random one. And I was told I've been on your podcast way too much. So I like <laughs> made sure to go on my way to be like, oh, who, uh, who someone who told that you to? that? Yeah, uh, it, it was that. Yeah, it was like you, you, you don't know. Like you've been on there way too much. It was it was one of our our uh, our friends that also worked on the Druid's Hand, and I was like, you know what? Not all of us can talk about Ace Ventura too as much as you can. But oh like, I have a good movie. <laughs> Shout out, Derek. Uh, yeah, no, you haven't been on the show enough, Mitch. It's been too long. But it's like obviously people have seen our output has lessened over the last year. We've been super busy, but uh, it's still fun to just do this when we can and. Uh, that's why we came up with the idea of doing. I think Boozy suggested prom night. Yes, I, I, um, you know what? A little selfishly, these are films I hadn't seen, so I was like, "Here's a good way to do it." And you said that um, the Mitches were interested in some some schlock from the the '80s. Yeah, which is why I, I one I've just heard so much so much about over the years is Hello Mary Lou Prom Night Two. Uh, so I was like, well, we got to double feature this thing if we're going to do it. And then I found out that there's actually a third and fourth Prom Night movie as well. And uh, and the remake, which is a pile of filth. Uh, so did the other uh, sequels put the uh, tagline of the movie before the actual title? Or... No, no. There's some interesting stories about that one. So what, like, yeah, it's going to be fun talking about that one. But uh, but yeah, we're I guess it's we're recording this in June. It's June 18th today. It's Father's Day um and prom night is coming up for lots of folks so yeah it's it's, be... it's grad season so we're a little yeah. bit topical exactly lots of finger banging going to be happening um <laughs> on the podcast maybe the night is young <laughs> wait and see <laughs> yeah uh but yeah i think we'll, we're just going to catch up a little bit first off mitch it's been like i said so good to see you again and you had a busy year you've now you you've we're in the Druid's hand and it's now like released everywhere. People can see it on the Screamfest YouTube channel. And since then you've acted in a feature length horror film, uh, written and directed by Saskatchewan legend, Lowell Dean. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
you know, it was really crazy, but without kind of the, the Druid's hand, I would have never even really auditioned for the movie Dark Match. And then once I got the part, you know, like Lowell Dean, he's he's done some crazy shit and some some awesome films. Yeah, Wolf Cop. You know, uh, yeah, well, like this, um, the the lead in Wolf Cop, he's in this film. You know, Chris Jericho's in it. Stephen Ogg is, is in it. It's like pretty, pretty surreal. Oh, Jonathan Cherry's in it. And Love uh, him. yeah, well, he he's like a super mega fan of UFC. And like, I was just doing my best to kind of like no sell every time he was super interested. So I could pretend inside of my head that I was cool, even though I'm not. Um, You're like, oh, you see that old thing? Yeah, I, I worked there for a <laughs> cup of coffee. Yeah, whatever. Right. Oh yeah, he's like talking about. Oh, I watched. I watched last night. I watched Diego Sanchez against Clay Guida. I'm like, yeah, you know, Diego's a pretty cool guy. You know, I we go for runs and stuff. No big deal. And then you're like, I'm gonna go eat the. I'm gonna go eat all the catering now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When really it's like, yeah, Diego's the worst. Where he's like, we'll go for a one mile cool down, and then you run ten miles, and you're like, this is this is total bullshit. Yeah. So it's a dark match. It's a it's a horror comedy, horror comedy set in the professional wrestling world. So it's kind of like the perfect place for you to really cut your teeth and feature films. It, it's really weird because I, I only do one scene with any like pro wrestling stuff. So like I actually had to pretend like I was an, an actor. Uh, it was, you know, and uh, you are now you're an actor now. You've done it <laughs> yeah, multiple you're times. Boner you're a boner fight actor. Yeah, yeah uh, it's, it's really weird. Uh you know, to be able to like be in the union and be like, Oh, I can't, I can't do non-union stuff. I'm really cool. Um, but you know, it, it's just, that's it's bullshit very... by the way, you can't, you <laughs> can, there's ways around it. But... Oh, okay. We're going to chat later. <laughs> don't, let it, yeah. Yeah, uh, don't let anyone ruin your dreams. In, you know, and then like starting to get into like some stunt stuff and, and just like kind of getting into that world and, um, you know, pro wrestling's taken off really well. It's just like it's really surreal that like this past year has just been nuts. I think the biggest thing for me is, you know, like being able to go like basically from when Druid's Hand premiered in, in Broadway theater, you know, that was a very cool moment for, for me. You know, I got to go to a, a movie that I was in, in a theater that I had, you know, been to growing up in Saskatoon and to have it sold out like i got to so many like showings of of movies and stuff and it was never like anything more than half full <laughs> you know yeah. what i mean and then you go there for something that you're a part of and there are people being turned away for seats and you know i just i think it just made that that moment just so special yeah no that was an, an absolutely incredible unforgettable day and experience and yeah it's all still so surreal looking back on it but um, yeah, no, it was just such a positive experience. And one thing I, I haven't shouted out enough is a uh, former guest of the show, friend, listener, uh, Saskatoon Fantastic and Dark Bridges alumni, Jeff Drake is the one that got got us connected with each other. That's how we all became buds. And that's how you came on for the episode on Hellraiser. And uh, Jeff, <laughs> Jeff did so much on the film as well. Like he he was one of the first people to volunteer and he was one of the very first people to come out and get his hands dirty um in the prep period of making the film so when jesse and i were like blocking out like trying to figure out how we're going to pull off some of these effects jeff drake was the first person out there with an air compressor and 
uh, getting his hands dirty. And it was, it was just so much fun. And it's so appreciated how much Jeff has done for this show and uh, us as buds. Yeah, Jeff Drake's he's he's good shit. He's yeah. like um, like even the pro wrestling world. He's super cool. He's tied in with one of the, the bigger promotions in Saskatchewan. Um, Prairie Pro Wrestling. You know, he's come out and watched a couple of like my matches in Edmonton and stuff like that. He's just a solid dude. Yeah. And he was like just awesome to be around on set. And uh, yeah, I can't say enough good things about Jeff Drake. Yeah, he's the best. Well, now we got so much to talk about because it's been forever since we've been able to actually just sit down and dive into the stuff we've been watching. So I know like I don't even know if I'm going to be able to go through everything I've seen in the last three months, but uh, I'll try and highlight some of the ones. But Boozy, let's kick off with you. You want to talk about something? Are you, are you sure you don't want to kick off with Mitch? He has not been here in a while, so he sure. can tell us about what... I would I would love to hear like how's your how's your year going so far outside of that and also if I could ask a small favor um if you have anybody you're um you know you're you're kind of in a rivalry with right now if you could like cut a quick promo on somebody I feel like that would really do you know what I mean like like add a little yeah. bit of something to our like hey, oh but uh, the 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 spice uh yeah. like you want to you want them to shoot on someone exactly just cut a promo. Uh, I'll, I'll have to think about it. I'll go through a couple. Yeah, yeah. We'll, I'll, we'll I'll cut this out so it seems like really impromptu when you do it later. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then <laughs> the magics of editing. Uh, yeah. And then I'll, I'll come back and I'll, I'll cut a promo maybe on Derek for talking shit. I was going to say uh, Derek. Yeah. Go. Let's go with Derek. Okay, so I, I got a list. because I, I, I'm using my phone because I didn't want I'm actually too lazy to go downstairs to go get my, uh, yeah. my computer. Um, but you know, like a couple off the hop. I, I literally today I watched Creep Show, like the original 1982 Creep Show, because it's Father's Day. You know, and yeah. that's the first. That's the first first one. It's so much fun. You know, I originally I, I put it as three stars when I was watching it, and then I'm like, yeah, this is four stars, just because you know George Romero um, does some. You, you have the Academy Award worthy acting of Stephen King in it as the massive hillbilly that grows into a fungus and yeah. uh I, I was, that's an I was, iconic <laughs> unibrow oh yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah it's uh i believe for that one his forehead was sponsored by mcdonald's so <laughs> that's why it's there uh it just looks like a giant furry caterpillar just trying to eat up space on his face but um the crate is another one of my favorites i love boozy and i always uh we bond over our love of creature features. So the crate was always one of my favorites. Yeah. You know, I, I, overall, I just love creep show. I love anthologies. They're fun for movies. Uh, there's, you know, they're, I, they're always good to me. There's always like one that you can really hang on to. Uh, another one that is, watched... is the crate, your favorite out of that group of yeah. films for Yeah. yeah I, I, I think, think I agree. With... Yeah. Yeah. The crate is my favorite. And then the second one was at the raft. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The raft uh, is good. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, in the in the second one, like there's just like they're just so much fun. Um, and showed up Le- Leslie yeah, Nielsen, uh, Leslie Nielsen prom night alumni, tie in with a creep show. Yeah, yeah, oddly, <laughs> yeah, kind of like he's just not in it for very long, even though he has kind of a pivotal role. And you're like, what? Yeah. Uh, um, Hellfest was another one that we watched. Uh, I'd never seen it. Um, Do you like it? Have you guys seen Hell? I. I, I liked it. It was. We talked about that one a long time ago. Yeah, it was fun. You know, uh, Sarah's not as huge a fan as me of like some slocky old kind of like old style horror. And I just got Shudder 
like actually was just like bit the bullet instead of just trying to like, like find stuff on Prime and do like 30 day free trials. Um, <laughs> but... It's so funny. We had the exact same conversation because I canceled my shutter for a little while and then it was like, Oh, fuck it. I just need shutter. Like just just got bite the yeah. ball. There's only so much on Amazon. Yeah, like Prime has shit for horror. Well, that'll go into one of the other ones on my list of just straight up trash. But um I, I enjoyed so I was like, we want she she likes stuff that's a little bit more realistic, closer this time. She hates terrible dialogue in movies. So oh. I think that that's probably and we 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 picked Hellfest. So does she just like really dark stuff? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I uh, the first time, first time I saw Hellfest, I wasn't crazy about it, and then I watched it again. Uh, it was during the Halloween season, I think, like two years ago, and I fucking loved it. After that, like, I it really came around. I really came around on that one. Yeah, it it's fun. You know, like it kind of reminds us we have uh, Deadminton here, mm-hmm. so it's like uh, for for two weeks we got like this crazy horror or Halloween themed, uh, kind of like haunted house stuff. It's kind of fun. I have to, I get told that I have to walk like put my hands inside my pockets because uh when they go to sh- my first reaction is just to hit stuff well you're, you're literally a walking weapon just from years of training <laughs> so yeah so i i usually just keep my hands buried in my pockets uh but i enjoyed hellfest i had some cool practical effects had the kills were fun so it was it was uh it really kind of captured terrible dialogue on dates you know like when you go on like first or second dates and you have the most awkward shitty conversations it really captured that well i thought yeah that, so see, that's that's like, why uh, i i always go for the circumcision uh <laughs> the story because it just it breaks the ice right away it really opens the conversation up yeah yeah like i, I the first kind of couple of dates especially yeah like mitch saying mitch's were saying if it gets like awkward it kind of feels like a job interview at certain points <laughs> Where where do you see yourself in five years? <laughs> do you like bread? Yeah. <laughs> What's your favorite kind of cheese? <laughs> um. So yeah, I, I I enjoyed it. It was fun. So uh, and then I'll do one more because uh, you got like you got sandwich it with something terrible at the end, which was uh the unholy. I think we'll go with that. I think oh it was damn, like, I haven't seen this that movie. Yet. Oh, that movie fucking sucks. There's Negan in it. I like try not like I'm kind of like you guys. Hey, I've been a part of a movie. You're like you don't want to like shit on movies, but oh my god, it was awful. It was terrible. I've never been so mad watching. I was like, yeah, Negan rocks. I can't remember his real name. Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Uh, yeah, there we go. Yeah. Uh, I'll okay, forget so this it in is, like eight this seconds. Is newer, right? I haven't yeah. seen this. Don't or do. It's up to you. It depends on your day. If if you go in with expectations, that's the wrong way to go in. But I. I hated it. Yeah. Hated so, it so much. So do you think this was one of those like piggybacking like, well, Jeffrey Dean Morgan's still kind of hot right now. So we'll we'll get him and throw some dumbass story around it. Okay. Negan's always hot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, he's I love how he's the the those two guys dad on Supernatural. And he's like 10 years older than them. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's yeah, that dude's a stud. I like him in lots of stuff, but yeah, no, I I haven't yeah. seen the unholy. I haven't heard many good things. I think I'm, I don't know. Yeah. There's a lot of good stuff I haven't seen out there. So. This is I'm swiping left on this movie. If it comes <laughs> up, nice. All right, well, yeah. So that was the unholy creep show and oh, Hellfest. Hellfest, yeah, yeah. awesome. Okay, Boozy, what do you got? Oh my god, I have so much to talk about. I don't know where to start. 
Um, it's perfect that Mitch's Mitch's are here. Oh God, it's really hard to differentiate you two now. You look like yeah, the same Mitch's. people. Don't even. I wish. <laughs> you stand close together. You assimilate. Um, it's got. I you just, just got to change the like the location of the uh, webcams yeah. next to each other. I'm it's slowly like... squishing you guys together, <laughs> trying to make the mouths move. Um, so I just want to mention because um, Mitch Clark is here that. Recently, I was in Edmonton for work and I had some free time. So I went and checked out the lobby after a little bit of um, confusion because their like their Internet presence is very peculiar. Oh, is it uh, ever? <clears throat> Are you yes, talking about like, and, the Facebook page? Well, if you're just trying to look for it by Googling it, um, it it's not very handy. It takes you to this oh, random okay. back alley that you feel like you're at a safe injection site. Anywho. <laughs> Um, I managed to find the lobby. So I went and met Kevin. Um, super fucking cool place. I yeah. nearly spent like three hundred dollars. I ended up just getting the beautiful four K of Alligator that he just freshly got in. Um, it amazing wall to wall horror. It's it's such a cool place. Like yeah, it, yeah, it's um, it it warmed my. I was in there for like I don't know half an hour just picking his brain. But I think the best part was like I walked up and like. You know, when when you ask somebody, he's like, hey, I'm looking for a couple titles. You, you could help me. And he's like, I, I'm sure he was expecting me to just ask some real basic girl shit. And then I was like, OK, like, do you have like a, a database for this or whatever? And he points at his head and he's like, it's all up here. Yeah. And then I just started ringing stuff off. And he's like, oh, I, I think after like the second title I mentioned where he realized that I wasn't looking for like, um, yeah, I was looking for like some like very like peculiar shit. He's like, oh, OK. All right. Um, but yeah, he had a copy of Razorback. I nearly got. Oh, there's a puppy. Is that Mia? Yeah, that's Maya. She's so cute. Wow, Maya. You sorry, just... sorry yeah, I'm, no, I'm no, just no. sidelining this. This podcast is a terrible. Like podcast. We got a corgi um, on the screen. We got a corgi. Yeah, confirmed. Cool. One corgi on the screen. Um, <laughs> yep. So yeah, I just want to give a shout out to that. If you can find anywhere that has classic, you know, video stuff like that, that feels like a little slice of of you know uh, before Netflix times check out the lobby in Edmonton or, you know, yeah. go support that your place, local one. If you have one, that place is something special. It feels like you're, it's like, I mean this in the highest compliment that it feels like you're going down. It's like a one, like the most horror obsessed basement of someone's yeah. house. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that's where I got my, like one of my favorite jaws shirts. I got it from there. It's just like the, the drawing that was on the chalkboard that yes. Quint stands yeah. in front yeah. of love that shirt. But yeah, I got that from the lobby. That place is so cool. Next time I go to Edmonton, I want to check it out again. Yeah, so I just kind of want to give a quick mention of that. I think the first thing we need to talk about, because it's been so long and it was on the tip of our tongue last time we recorded, which is a while ago, um, we haven't talked about Evil Dead Rise very much. Yeah, well, let's open up about Boozy. Or Mitch, have you seen Evil Dead Rise yet? No, it's uh, like it's on my list of, of stuff to like go see once like school's over, once I'm done teaching, which is like a week. That'll be the perfect movie for you to to break out of the school year just watching kids get murked oh, i'm all i'm all about that life right now it's end of the year it's awful man they're, yeah, they're the hatred's they're, boiled over dude they're feral now end of the year there's a reason why the state stops like teaching kids at june 15th like they're they're unhinged it's it's hard to deal with some days yeah so so after a certain point they just they give up on on trying to teach them anything it's just like we have to hold them here till a certain time well like i'm trying to get them ready for finals is there a detention facility <laughs> welcome to juvie i mean your school that you've been going to all year it's yeah. like i'm trying to get them i'm trying to prepare them for 
like PATs, provincial achievement tests and finals. And they're just rebelling. And yeah, I watched a kid rip apart a textbook in my room. Like it just like started ripping apart while making eye contact with me. And he's like 20 feet away. So like, and there's tables and chairs in the way. So you can't get there in time. So that was a fun conversation. That's a gangster him. move. Well, Holy. like, what are you, like, what's the, like those, those textbooks have been through enough. There's dicks drawn on every page. You know what I mean? Like there's, there's no winning there. So like, yeah, they, that was years of history of dicks gone. Gone. Thousands of pictures of dicks <laughs> screamed out the night. There's some in there where you're like, I don't think you've ever actually seen a dick. Like they're weird looking. <laughs> you know? like, dicks are weird maybe, looking though. That you is ever true. seen one? Yeah. You ever, you ever seen like someone's dick other than your own and then you start questioning your own dick? Like, what the oh, fuck God. am I doing? Yeah, that's that's and the name of the game. Figure out what the median is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, Evil Dead Rise. Yeah, we've been yeah. waiting to talk about this for like a month and a half now. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good movie. It's okay. Is that how you feel? It's just it's a good, good movie. movie. No, I love um, it. It's one of my favorites of the year. I, I totally agree. I, I got to go with uh, this is a while ago. Yeah. But speaking of uh, Jeff Drake, the lovely Jeff Drake, I went on a date with him to this movie and um, we didn't share popcorn. He kept saying no, which I thought was kind of rude since we were together. Yeah. But whatever. I was trying to save a little bit of money. <laughs> um. Anyway, I want to say that I think that this. Oh, man, it sounds like really sacrilegious. This like might be my favorite Evil Dead movie. And I think it's because um this location i i never thought about it till now that this location services the like the vibes for this so well especially down to like half of this place being abandoned it feels like its own like this is its crystal lake playground i feel like this is a great place for for the evil dead to rise and i loved how maniacal like i know that they're always maniacal but there was just something really fun about they would go between just being this extremely vicious. Like, I want to say that I know that everybody is caught up, not caught up, but like, it's, it's very well referenced, like the keyhole um, yep. imagery that kind of goes back and forth there, seeing um, kind of the, the mother go back and forth between being like super visceral and having this conversation with her child was just, I don't know. It was, it was something so like vile about it that I thought was it really peaked it for me. And yeah, just overall, I thought the that everything was just done so well. And the it's really hard to follow up something like 2013, you know, the one that was just like, wasn't it like the most bloody movie or something? Yeah, or, I think it, it beat out uh, Brain Dead or like Dead Alive for the most fake blood used on screen. Yeah, yeah, but that's because exactly. it. And it's fucking amazing. Like, I love that 2013 remake as well. But that's the thing is, like, it's literally raining blood in that movie. So it's pretty easy to rack up the blood count. Well, no, and and that's kind of what I wanted to say is that, like, how do you go about, you know, not like not overshadowed, but like keeping to par with something like that without just being like more blood. And I think it's the way that they went about it, like. There's something to be said for for finding creative ways to splatter shit. I think they just did a, a fantastic job, and and yeah, I think this is a great addition to the Evil Dead franchise. I feel like the Evil Dead franchise is getting better. It's like fine wine. It's it's not and not to say that the first two aren't aren't good at all. Like they're fantastic, but it's just like it's aging in such an interesting way, and you're seeing it become like more close to realistic violence and kind of stepping away from the like 
the jokiness that you know like which it still has though too like that's what i like does yeah i and i know that like we it's like well documented that i'm like just a massive evil dead fan and i know it's Mm -hmm. not like totally your bread and butter uh, the whole time so it makes sense that you love this one this one would do more for you than the other ones um i I love this whole franchise there isn't one that i even feel is like a significant drop-off like i love army of darkness i love evil dead 2 Evil mm-hmm. Dead is easily top five favorite horror movies for me. Um, but this one, and I was really hesitant about it because when it was being marketed and like the trailers were coming out and the um the poster and everything, it was just like, I just don't know. It just didn't feel right for me. I was like, I I feel like this is gonna be this is gonna be rough. And then I was completely proven wrong. Um, I know I don't know, like it's one of those things that I do think Evil Dead belongs in a cabin, but we have those movies. And like those right. movies aren't going anywhere and they're perfect the way that they are. I love that they tried something new with this one. And um, well, I, I just loved it. I was genuinely shocked by what I was seeing in the last half hour of that movie. Um, like there's there's a moment that I really want to talk to Mitch Clark about after you see it, because I don't know. And, and it's hard. I don't want to spoil anything, but there's like it's like a thing homage of, of sorts. And it's interesting. Just, it's incredible, and it was just so much fun. It's the only movie I, I went to twice this year, uh, so I've seen Evil Dead Rise twice in theaters, and I, I'm gonna watch it again once it uh, once I get the Blu-ray. But also, super I, good. Uh, can I just tag on that in terms of like intros for films this year? What a fucking opening! Yeah, it's a what great a title opening. card. Like it just smashes. Hi, ah, banjo. Now we have two for two on corgis. Yeah, so evil. It's it's really good. Um, how would you what, rank? How would you rank them? Like, like your your personal. How would you rank those films? Honestly, for me, it's or and that's saying a lot. As I love Evil Dead Rise, it's order of release for me. One, two, yeah. Army of Darkness remake, and then Rise. I I did wow. think when I got out of Rise, I was like, is it better than the 2013 one? And it might be. I need more time. Uh, but like, I love all of them. Like, it's crazy that I like. I loved Evil Dead Rise that much, and it's probably my least favorite out of all of them. And it's so good. Wow. Do you have like a bigger connection now to the original Evil Dead because you've kind of like, um, like you've kind of like lived that production, like the same yeah. way where you were trying to do that they tried to do. You're trying to like it was do a it huge a inspiration. Yeah, it's a huge nice. inspiration. Just like you know that that's the blueprint for indie horror filmmaking is the original Evil Dead. Knowing what they did with that, and um, granted, I I have no delusion that what we did is even near as special as what they did. But like, it's just the the spirit of it. I, I it I, Evil Dead gets better for me every year. Like I I love that movie more and more. I for the longest time I thought Evil Dead Two was my favorite. Um, because it is just so much fun. It's it's one of the most rewatchable movies ever. Mm-hmm. But I do yeah. think the original Evil Dead is like it's scary. It's a really genuinely scary, grimy movie. Yeah. What about you, Boozy? God, you put me on the spot for this one. Um, I still want to say that yeah, the the original Evil Dead is probably my favorite, and then I like the uh, was it 2011, 2013, uh, this one, and then two, and then um, Army last. Yeah, that makes sense. Which, you know, yeah, because I, I was going to say I don't like fun. So the least fun order is me. <laughs> I don't know. I think you're a weird one like that, though. You like lots of stuff that's like like it. you loved Onyx, the fortuitous. And it's like that's the same type of spirit as Army of Darkness. Like 
it was oh, definitely I say, inspired i i didn't mention that killed like people loved it. i was kind of confused like not sure on if the humor for it would like go over well people fucking yeah. loved it yeah i heard the like we haven't talked about it yet on the show but the festival went really well i, I heard lots of really positive things about it and you guys showed some awesome movies yeah it it was do you want me to maybe mention that quickly or no yeah go man go for it okay yeah so we also since the the last time we spoke had um the dark bridges film festival our second year um and it went really really good um i I, we had our amazing attendance and we had a lot of fantastic guests who are just wild i want to say that richard elfman and his wife are fucking nuts in, in the best way possible. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm they, so bummed I wasn't there. They can't. They made a video where Richard Elfman gets the shit kicked out of him by like a dominatrix for like five minutes, and then at the end of the video, he's like, "Saskatoon, we're here!" And then they burst out. Uh, shout out to Jay. Uh, Jay was part of this. They put a quick ensemble band together and Richard Elfman came out shirtless playing the bongos. <laughs> oh my God. And yeah, I saw Jay on the drums. Jay Luke. Yeah. It, awesome. It was just strange. Yeah. That's and then awesome. we had the premiere of uh, shaky shivers. So that was awesome. And we had uh, <laughs> Han himself, Sung Kang, and uh, one of the producers from Shaky Shivers, Brian Yang, out. And uh, John Allison decided to throw me an audible, and I had to do the Q and A with them. So that was, uh, I, yeah, I was the I was hosting the Q and A for that. So that was a lot of fun. Um, and I was really excited. That I managed to our very last question of the entire thing. I got to ask um, Brian if Brian and Sung if they thought Sasquatch was real. So that was a highlight. Nice. What did they say? Um, Sung kind of took it away on that one. And he's like, I actually really want Sasquatch to be real. And then he basically in great detail kind of like described like a Harry and the Hendersons type situation where he would just be best friends with a Sasquatch. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, he he really uh, moved up in my books for that. Yeah, we also got it because, yeah, he he is uh, I met him in L.A. and he's just a super it was very brief, but just a super, super nice guy. And yes. I still haven't seen Shaky Shivers, so I can't wait to see that. But it's that crazy also... that Dark Dark Bridges was on the the weekend that Fast X premiered and Sun Kang is in that. And he was in Saskatoon. <laughs> he would rather Shaky... be there for. Yeah, well, I know. Film. Yeah, he went he went to the premiere, but then he's like, he probably missed out on a lot of press stuff come to saskatoon um and that's just a real baller move so shout out i I really am looking forward to seeing that yeah um just shout out to those guys they're fantastic uh when you get the chance check out shaky shivers that also went over very well and the you know it's a a comedy horror throwback to like you know the campy movies the 80s that we're talking about you know even something like prom night so uh, yeah i can't recommend it enough awesome uh so we did evil dead rise do you want to do another one boozy Yes, I would love to do another one. Let me check out my my list. I have a nice list here. Oh, here's I want to talk about this one. And I didn't know it existed until very recently. Um, I was perusing through Tubi and I came across a film called Creep. And it wasn't new. It was old. It was from 2004. 
And I was like, what's all this about? So I looked deeper into it. And, um, oh, God, what's the name of the guy in it? Sorry, give me two seconds. John Harris. Yeah. So, yeah, I looked at it and I was like, oh, Sean Harris is in this. Sean Harris is fantastic. Um, For anyone who hasn't seen Possum, it is probably one of the most fucked up films ever. And Sean Harris is the main character for it. It is wild. But anyway, I checked out Creep from 2004. Um, and I would say that I actually this was a, a hidden gem for me. I didn't realize what I had stumbled onto, but this film is very cool. Uh, if you like the uh, chase scene from American Werewolf in London, but want it stretched out into an entire film about a cannibal, then this is the film for you. It is very fucking cool. Um, it Sean Harris's character uh, kind of like when they they do show him is almost like a descent-ish, like one of the, the creatures from yeah. the descent. It's it's very, very cool. But like, <laughs> I was reading a little bit into this and I think Sean Harris like method acted for this. So he got really fucking weird and became like a vagrant or some shit. It's That's hilarious. Like, anyway, I, I would highly recommend checking this out. It's a little little hidden slice that I didn't even know about until <sighs> just randomly coming across it. I completely forgot about this movie it came out in 2004 so i rented it when i was working at the video store oh um, really so, yeah i saw it, but that was like i was smoking a lot of weed at that time <laughs> you're I off the drove <laughs> i don't remember uh i don't remember it a lot but i just looked up some of the screenshots and i'm like thinking about sean harris method acting as this character is so funny I just I just think he was like in a sewer, you know, just it's a random corner of London, just taking a shit buck ass naked. And, you know, maybe somebody walks by like Is that fucking Sean Harris. Yeah, no, this. Uh, yeah, I, I need to revisit this one. Looks like Can a you little imagine gym. meeting like a, a method actor out in the wild getting like prepared, you know, like it would be um, some to Jared weirdo. Leto and Morbius. Yeah, I'd be like Jared Leto, but he'd be in a small town. He's like, I have to, uh, my next role, I'm a white trash hick from a small Saskatchewan town. Boy, and, do and, we have the place for you. Yeah, and, and then he's like, I hate liberals. And you're like, holy shit, he's doing it. He's one of us. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, yeah, Creep uh, from 2004. I'll jot that down for the show notes. Yeah. Um, I just added it to my Tubi list. Hell, hell yeah. yeah um okay like i got a bunch i don't know if we'll go through all of them today we'll probably do another episode hopefully this week where we'll yep. be able to say some more um but yeah renfield i went and saw renfield oh, like two months ago and the the, the Nicol- nicola cage film yeah nick cage and nicholas holt uh it's another one i'm a huge huge cage fan uh, i do like nicholas holt I was so excited about this movie when I heard they were making it, knowing the backstory of like how Nicolas Cage has always wanted to play Dracula. And there's like some funny stories because, you know, he's um, like he's a part of the Coppola family. So when Francis Ford Coppola made uh, Bram Stoker's Dracula, he like was initially up to play um, like Keanu Reeves's character and he didn't get it for there's like a bunch of family drama there. It's pretty funny, but he's always wanted to play Dracula. And then when the trailers came out, and I, I'm a horror comedy guy. I like horror comedies, um, but it just didn't look like it was going to be something I was going to end up really liking. Heard some positive. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. It did not look very good. It was fucking awesome. Was it's it actually? so, awesome. so funny. Uh, I keep in mind, though, like I saw it two months ago. Can't remember a whole lot about it. So that the staying power hasn't been huge for me, but I laughed my ass off in that movie. And I could not believe the level of violence that they were showing and um, Nicolas Cage just really revels in that role. 
the the slapsticky nature between him and Nicholas Holt. It's it's really it's a, it's an abusive relationship story, and um, it's it gets so wild. There's a couple like there's a couple scenes with them like going full on it like just full on action mode and limbs fly everywhere blood spatters everywhere there's some really amazing practical effects uh there's a lot of cgi blood of course but yeah that's just because they're so the level of violence that they were playing with is crazy but so there's... this is like a legit horror comedy that delivers yeah. in both that that's very interesting it, yeah. it kind of looked like it did i'm not gonna lie like yeah no, I really liked it. That's it was very cool. Yeah, I thought it was really fun. And I uh, loved seeing Nicolas Cage in that role. Um, there's like the the makeup on him in the first, like, because you kind of watch him deteriorate for the first mm-hmm. half hour of the movie. And it was just tremendous how good it looked. And uh, yeah, no, I'll definitely be watching this one again. But it was a surprise for me. I did enjoy Renfield. It was a lot of fun. Can I ask? I don't. I don't know if that's even a spoiler, but did, did they set it up for a sequel? For does he feel like this is something that is a one-off? Or I, I'm pretty sure it's a one-off. I I could be wrong, but haven't paid too close attention to to that. But I I really don't. I think it's just a one-off. Could you imagine Cage just bankrolling? Just like I want more of them. I want to be Dracula more. <laughs> that would be awesome. I would. I would watch another one. I'll say that for sure. Um. But yeah, it was that was a lot of fun. I got that. I got some other ones too, but do you want to hit us with one, Boozy? Yeah, this is just going to be a quick one because I, you know, I don't have a lot to say. I watched it a little while ago, but I did go and check out Pearl. Um, I feel like I, I should. A lot of people were talking about it. You know, I want to I want to cover all the, the bigger films as well because a lot of people said like they really liked it. And I think that these just these I, whatever the story of Pearl is just doesn't interest me that much. Um, I, I love hearing about like the you know how it was made and kind of the idea of just getting another thing out and it's it's fantastic that way i just think that like overall the character of pearl isn't one that catches me and you know like i i put a tiny little you know letterbox review out for it but it was like my favorite part was anything to do with the alligator that like that was all great horror you know they always did stuff like it's just uh, the whole movie felt like her just being just saying like mama that that's that's the whole that's the review for me mama yeah i'm going to town mama i'm really excited to see i'm a big fan of that franchise so far so i'm excited to see uh maxine uh, when it comes out this year i I think they're they're well made it was just yeah this franchise or the you know whatever the story is just doesn't encapsulate me yeah that's fair um i yeah i guess i could also touch on i saw bo is afraid which is the new (laughs) film from ari aster i knew i I needed heard too much about this so yeah i'm excited yeah, so it's a three-hour fucking movie, which is too much. It's insane. Uh, we got it. We got to chill out on these, unless you're Martin Scorsese. Please, let's chill out on the three-hour running times. Is Ari Aster in his long, drawn-out movie phase? I don't like. I don't know. I don't. I think that the guy hasn't missed or even come close to it so far. Like he's one of the best living directors right now, and uh, I liked. I liked Bo was afraid. But they're, I will say, like, that the running time is definitely felt for me. And it's just in the middle. There's, like, a middle portion where the first hour of the movie is so intense and so, like, anxiety-inducing that I was, like, my palms were sweating while I was watching it. Like, it's weird because it's, like, not really a horror movie, but it's it's just him putting you in, like, the most uncomfortable scenarios with this, like, really 
kind of repulsive character of Bo, like Joaquin Phoenix is just like, you know, he's one of the best living direct, uh, actors right now as well. Um, and I really liked it, but I, I knew I needed to see it in the theater because I was like, I, I need to make sure I'm not going to be able to touch my phone because with these three hour movies, you know, like I want to actually focus on it. And and it's when you run the risk of uh, of getting distracted if you watch a movie like this at home. So went went out to the theater for it and I, I did really enjoy it. It's definitely my least favorite out of all the three of his movies so far. Hmm. But, you know, uh, even even with that being said, it's he's just a great director. There's some truly um, jaw dropping moments in this thing specifically in the last half hour some of the most uncomfortable shit i've ever sat through in a theater but uh it was really fun listening to the audience react to it because there's no way you can prepare yourself for what you're gonna see i don't know if you know the reveal or if you've heard anything but uh i don't know i i can't i i definitely can't see boozy being a fan of this one um but there is like the so I'll send you maybe if when it when it drops, you'll just watch the last like 10 minutes because it's okay. fucking crazy. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely don't think this one has the boozy stamp on it. it just doesn't seem like something you're going to love. It also seems like it, like you said, it was the less they're the least horror of the things he's put out, which that's fine if he wants yeah. to be more of a, you know, go in more of a direction of psychological thriller kind of film. But yeah, it's, I, I think I probably should check it out three hours is really hard to swallow yeah you know if it was like you know if this was all quiet on the western front the three hours doesn't feel you know yeah no I, yeah and i don't know i think just for this one as well though like there there was definitely room to cut mm -hmm. uh but it's his movie his vision and uh it obviously i don't i don't know how well it's done it i don't think it you know financially it was a huge success but people seem to enjoy it I'm really looking forward to seeing whatever he does next, obviously. Mm -hmm. Sorry, Aster. Um, yeah, so, uh, Mitch, do you have any other movies you want to chat about, or did you drop the drop all of them all on us at once? No, I, I, got, a, I got a full list. So, Fuck yeah. Uh, um, so I'll just kind of touch on some of the ones I've watched recently. Event Horizon, I revisited. I haven't seen it in quite a while. Hell yeah. I went, yeah, it's, it's still super fun. Uh, <clears throat> I got it from the lobby. When he brought it in, I was like, hell yeah, I need to add that to my collection. It's super fun. I like it. Did you uh, buy it? Oh, yeah. Hell yeah. Nice. Um, yeah. I was going to ask, did you check out any of the special special features? Not yet. That's that's on my list of, of things to watch. You know, I got a, a couple more movies that I bought from him, like uh, The Thing from Another World I, I bought from him. And I, I bought Jacob's Ladder, which I've seen before, but I didn't have it in my collection. So Man, I, gotta, I like Jacob's laddering. Twenty twenty three is the year of watching Jacob's ladder again. I this is actually this is Mitch's fault. This is Mitch's yeah, fault. It, it I is. Bought it actually, yeah. Because you still listen to the podcast, which I appreciate. But that, yeah, that thank you. I think the Jacob's ladder thing because it has come up. It really made me realize that people are still listening to the Terror Table because I got a bunch <laughs> of messages from people like just screenshotting, like even uh, Cody Charleston read the script and watched the movie, and um, yeah, just shout That's out awesome. everyone. <clears throat> Yeah, it, um, so I got to get through those, and then I'll, I'm going to go through the special features. I'll let you know how they are. Another one I revisited, and this was actually because I heard a bunch of people, like, debating online for, you know, because that's the way we deal with things. Uh, high Tension. I hadn't seen it in quite a while. Mm, you're right. I have seen a lot of High Tension. Is, like, was it an anniversary of it or something? Because, yeah, I've you seen know, a lot of it, too. It yeah. 
So um, I revisited it, and they're like, well, like, the, the quote-unquote twist is all hokey and shitty and that kind of thing. And I think, like, because it came out, what, 2000? It's 2003, so it's 20 years. Crazy. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, it must yeah, have. Okay. It was a really uncomfortable yeah, date experience for me. <laughs> you like yeah. the, what the you... first 15 minutes you're like Ugh. oh god i think out of anyone i could give you an award for like worst movies to pick <laughs> like <laughs> it's true we were talking about that yesterday with a couple of friends like i went to like texas chainsaw massacre the beginning on a date <laughs> it's like that was not not a good opener mitch oh, i went to avp requiem on a yes. date <laughs> that movie fucking sucks so bad <laughs> It's so I dark. Mean, I can't even tell what happens. Yeah. I mean, yeah, but like EVP is aliens. <laughs> I love aliens. I love Predator, but it was terrible. Yeah. Anyway, uh, revisiting it, I kind of like, I kind of got more into the twist uh, because I kind of like looked at it as it was coming from, you know, an unreliable narrator. Mm-hmm. Kind of like revisiting as opposed to the first time where you kind of like take it where this is what they kind of saw. But then, you know, if we've all done this where we're never the bad guy in our own story. And, and then let alone, if you have those types of uh, mental health issues and I think it kind of like revisiting it made me like it a little bit more, have more fun with the, the quote unquote twist. Everyone likes it and that's fine. Uh, I have two more. They'll be quick. Uh, I revisited the original Friday the 13th mainly because I watched the, the Netflix, like that, uh, films when we were young or whatever it was like the, oh, the films one that, that shaped break. us or whatever yes yeah. yeah and they had it on there so we watched that and I really enjoyed that so I rewatched the film it's a lot of fun you know I, I, I do appreciate that in the the making of they they just basically say that Friday the 13th is a straight up rip off of Halloween I, yeah. I enjoy that mm-hmm. no that makes some people ups- yeah no bones about it my clown Richard Clark's gonna hate that but um <laughs> It's the truth. They said it, not me. Uh, oh, yeah. It's fun. I, <laughs> the practical effects are super fun. I, I, I uh, the Baconator. Kevin Bacon. Bacon. <laughs> yeah. I remember watching it the first time in like the 90s. I was like, holy shit. Is that Kevin yeah. Bacon? And stab, 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 right? <laughs> and then, as per usual, I have to end with something that made me angry. Uh, the old man, like, get off my lawn moment was. The last broadcast from 1998. Oh, really? And a lot of people these are like the same. That. I was super on board for the first like two thirds of the movie, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Oh, I can see why they they said that they should have been Blair Witch before Blair Witch happened." You know, like they were the first ones, like kind of revisiting that uh, that found footage uh, can genre. I cut you off for two seconds. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, it, last broadcast is that the one where they see the aliens? No, you're I, thinking I, of the McPherson no, tape. This is like, uh, yes, that, yeah, yeah, that's that's I and I I've I've yet to watch that. This one's about they're chasing like the Jersey Devil as there's a, mur- a murder in um uh, in New Jersey. Uh, okay, because uh, like I've I've yeah. seen this, I'm just having a hard time remembering it. And maybe that it is for. I feel like you you're thinking of the McPherson tapes though, Boozy, because uh, yes, that's uh, I like that one. Yeah, that that was the one that that one predates. I'm pretty sure that was like it's like the 80s. Um, yeah, yeah, it, like that one predates a 90. Like, but last broadcast came came out the same year. 
as Blair Witch Project, but Blair yeah. Witch Project is as a masterpiece. So yeah, that's Mark, why. Yeah, that's why it's, it's so good. More successful. Well, yeah, it was just way better. Plus, like then the why did it make this, you mad? The last third, it it falls apart and it's no longer really a found footage film anymore. Like, I don't want to give it away in case anyone wants to watch that piece of shit, but um, please like, ruin this movie from 1998. I don't think anyone will be mad at you. Uh, do I got the thumbs up from, from the other Mitch yeah. to fucking ruin this thing? Okay. So like, they're talking about like finding this footage. It's being like, they're taking these old tapes that were found and that showed part of what happened in the murder. And then it was the guy making the fucking movie um was the one who was killing people but then he like you have no idea where he's being filmed it's no longer found footage he's like staring like doing the the fourth wall break it was just it really fell apart and i got really mad and uh i might have cursed kevin's name a little bit because he's like yeah it's pretty good and i was like this thing's fucking terrible kevin i'm sorry um Kevin has a wide <laughs> variety of of likes, from what I gathered in my experience with him. Yeah, it was like I'm gonna rent this and Extra and Doctor Giggles, and he's like, "These are all really good films," and I'm like, "Okay, like, that's his job." <laughs> that people often for because I, yeah. I watched I watched the movie. It's not a horror movie, so I won't spend a lot of time on it. But I watched I like movies recently. Mm-hmm. And um, I saw you gave that a very positive review. Yeah, and like I I loved it, but it's also like you know it's it stars the world's most hateable teenager like you just fucking hate every second of him on screen but at the same time i was like oh my god he's me like that's how i was in high school like i was such a like little pretentious little fuckhead but the thing is like when you're working at a video store that's your job is to like movies and to be able to suggest things to people and have like you know a more diplomatic opinion on things um but that's like when you're a film critic or film fan it's really hard to do that. Like you, you have to be subjective. And so it's like, I'm sure he doesn't love every movie that he's, that there have been so many movies that we've talked about on the terror table that I really didn't like, but I know are good. So it's like, you know, well, you can distinguish that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Or like that. I know that they have a place for someone like someone else would enjoy it. But even if it's not mine, my personal, otherwise you'd come off as like the comic book guy, you know what I exactly. mean? Like, like if you're owning a store and you're like, actually I carry this, but actually it's garbage. You yeah, have you terrible more taste. Expensive thing. Well, it's like <laughs> one of my, I think I might've even told the story on the show, but like one guy I worked with, uh, his name was Dane, uh, worked with him at Rogers video and a couple was trying to rent Norbit and he wouldn't <laughs> let them rent Norbit. So instead he exchanged it for old boy. Oh, he's like, no. oh, come on. And it's like, dude, like he's like, know no, your... I can't. And yeah, exactly. Know your audience. Like the people yeah. renting Norbit don't fucking want old boy. There's a reason they're <laughs> renting Norbit. They want to be on that braid level. <laughs> Let them be there. <laughs> but instead, it's like... one of the more challenging movies in the entire store. Well, yeah, oh, it's God. like um when when Blockbuster was still open, it's like let me rent bum fights. No, I don't want to watch old boy. I can't yeah. believe that is wild that as a society we just had bum fights that you could rent at video stores. Yeah, we never had that at like that's a you needed to go to those mom and pop shops or places like the lobby to get the real <laughs> deep cut stuff. I know we had Pick a Flick, that was one that I used to go to. It was like in a oh, dingy yeah, yeah, yeah. I love yeah, the dingier the better. Fights. Yeah. 
Yeah. But like that, like every, everyone has different points of view, but then, you know, like some people are just, um, fucking wrong too. Like mm. that's another thing. Like I remember, uh, a former good friend, I might've told this story. I know I've texted this story to Mitch Oliver, which is my favorite is like, he was trying to tell me that the thing, John Carpenter's a thing is a stupid fucking movie. Exact quote made no sense. It was dumb, not scary. And it's what like part of it made it, no sense. <laughs> we'll get to why this person's opinion is invalid, but um, it's like in top three of my favorite films. Actually, probably top two. Yeah, and I know. Me, like, me and you, yeah. Mitch, we have the exact same top three. <laughs> I know it's really weird. Yeah. Um, but and then. The next sentence is, I think How to Train Your Dragon 2 should have won an Academy Award for Best Picture. And I'm like, this is the fucking worst thing I've ever heard. You are like a food critic whose favorite food is fried bologna. Go fuck yourself. Yeah, This fried bologna. <laughs> How to Train Your Dragon 2 is great. Yeah, no, but... I'm not saying it's not great. But you can't say it should win Best Picture. No, That's the I... dumbest thing I've ever heard. I know. Yeah, people, there's there's a lot of opinions out there. <laughs> um, I will I will tack on because uh, Mitch mentioned or we were talking a little bit about like special features and talking about the lobby because I picked up Alligator from there. Um, I need to watch like I got to find somewhere to watch it on 4K because I think that would be fantastic. And I just don't have the capabilities at home. Um, but going well, if you're ever in Edmonton, I got a 4K player and TV. So like, oh, my God. We should yeah, you're you're welcome. Just be up. careful with the dogs. They they sneak cuddles. Oh my god. Yeah, I might like like I'd complain about that. Oh no, please. No. Uzi's a sneaky cuddler as well. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, yeah, you better you better watch yourself. Um I just want to <laughs> say that with the special features of Alligator, um, I did not realize, and maybe this is just me, how big the uh horror market was for amputees. If you were missing a leg or two, oh my god, you were you were in high demand. What? Like what? F- elaborate, please. Oh, okay. Um, there's several scenes in Alligator where they had like an actual alligator and needed somebody's leg to get ripped off, so they would just throw an amputee with like uh, just like a meat leg. Oh my god. They, uh, yeah, they were talking about they hired like five or six amputees, so it's like. You know what? I never realized that, like, if you're an amputee actor, just get into doing horror movies. It's perfect. Yeah, that is that is unreal. I I can I can I I'm going to interrupt real quick. It's not related to horror movies, but it's con- to the yes. amputee thing. Uh, I was teaching a seminar, and there's a guy there. He's actually really good at jujitsu. He's a congenital amputee. He's missing part of his arm, and I was like, around the seminar, I'm like, okay. Find a partner, be an adult. I'm not going to pick partners for you because there's fucking 40 of you. Um, and, and this guy refused to go with him because he thought it was contagious. And I'm like, you're not going to catch congenital amputeeism. Also, no. you are 30. You should know this. And I want to punch whoever your teachers were in the face because you are an idiot. Yeah, like, and this was like in the past year. And there's got to be something else going on there. Dude, okay, like that's not even something I've heard before as like a conspiracy theory. That's just like some mush brain shit you make up in your head. Yeah, and I, it was as, as much as I want to as much as I want to say that uh, that just seems unbelievable. It's it, over the last year I've really learned how fucking stupid some people are. <laughs> it was awful. 
it was awful trying to have that conversation when I just wanted to like teach jujitsu. But sorry, talking about amputees. Also, like the coolest, one of the coolest uh, practical effects from the thing. They needed a double arm amputee, right? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. But like, I never thought about the the secondary actor industry of that. That's a very specific. So I guess what we're saying is, um, if you ever lose an appendage, there's still a future in acting. Yeah. Uh, do you have any other ones you want to talk about, Boozy? I have a couple more, but I'm just going to leave them. I feel like I'm killing Mitz. It was the no-sell, like, yeah. <laughs> Mitch no-sells me all the time. It's hard. Well, I don't know what that means. Um, so I just say like some in, dumb shit, and you go, yep. Yep. Yeah. So, like, in, in wrestling, uh, when you're in pro wrestling, when you're getting quote unquote beat up or whatever you're you're doing what's called selling the move where you're like oh my god my arm or whatever you're doing you're and doing like, your half of the dance yeah exactly and then like a no sell is like ultimate warrior where he'll take your finisher and then just stand up and no sell you so i use this term in normal lingo all the time which makes me sometimes feel like a moron uh, oh you've just like you, you, you've put mitch on the pedestal there now he knows yeah. No, I yeah. I, I like knowing that stuff because I even like you. It's no secret I don't know a lot about wrestling, but I I love some of the terminology and I like pretending like I'm a wrestler fan when I call myself like, you know, I'm a Mark for Kurt Russell. There we I go. Yeah. yeah, I love that. That and it yeah, Mark no sell. Uh, fabing is like when when you like say you're gonna go do an event and like you don't go, you fabe the show is what it's called or like uh. Like same thing with the handshakes, like your babe in a handshake. It's 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 a really weird culture. Yeah. So is but, this like shit yeah. you guys throw around these terminologies with each other, like backstage all the time with the with the boys? Yeah, all the time. And then you talk about gimmicks, but like the word gimmick, like can mean everything from like, like if you watch Dark Side of the Ring, they talk about yeah, we're taking gimmicks every day because like we're working every day, so I'm gonna take a gimmick and then drink a bunch of booze, take some more gimmicks, and you're like, is he talking about like pain pills, like somas? Yeah, he's talking about somas, or like, or like I'm gonna gimmick in this match, which is like, yeah, you're gonna gig is the term was where you're you're juicing. Uh, Everybody's uh, just using gimmick as this like multifaceted yeah, word. Yeah, yeah. But we had one guy that he'd use gimmick for everything. He's like, "Hey, gimmick me that gimmick," and you're like, "That's like when my dad says, hey, can you give me the thing that does the thing?'" And you stare at him like a puppy, where your head's kind of half cocked. You're like, "Words? Can we just use fucking words? Real words?" I love that that's a real thing. Like I've I've caught myself tilting my head at people, and you like it's such a rude thing to do in a weird way. So I have to stop it's yeah it's it's the best reaction um yeah I'll, sometimes i use it in my house and sarah has to explain to me that she's not a wrestler so she doesn't know the stupid things i'm saying sarah must be like well versed in wrestling terms now or knowledge or she's had to like have watched a million youtube videos that you put on no, like as soon as I have like my wrestling buddies over, she's like, I'm gonna go over here and keep what brain cells I have um going by not having to listen to your stupidity. Right. And you're so, and yeah. you guys are over there watching what was it, WrestleMania nine where uh the 
uh ho <laughs> warrior no sells the pedigree <laughs> oh god that makes me so mad like it makes me so mad so mad and i'm like yelling at my tv um you're like it's a fucking yeah, pedigree you landed on your it's, face it's a finishing move and you're not giving it when you know and it goes sideways also whisper from 2007 sucks uh what the fuck is whisper it's on prime it's terrible well it's on prime that's why <laughs> yeah exactly um i don't know if mitch has any more either mitches have any more films to talk about i will just quickly mention before that i always before we start an episode i try and watch these films that our main features as close to when we need to record as possible i know that that's like a skirt in your teeth thing but i always think that it keeps you like fresh another thing i try and do is watch the trailers before um we start as well just to have that extra level there even even though i forget a million things anyway um, I I did not realize until checking out the trailers that both of these films are just available on YouTube. But anyway, you can check them out a, a proper way on Shutter. But I did not realize that they were, and they've been like on YouTube for a while. So yeah, I, I, I think I, I have I have so many notes. I have so many notes for these. <laughs> All right, somebody knows for this fucking thing. Well, then, uh, <laughs> yeah. If that's I don't know, should we save the rest? boozy and yeah or... if, if you don't ha yeah i have a couple but i think that if we're gonna record again this week then it'd be perfect to leave it there okay all right well yeah let's uh let's take a quick little break here and then we'll move on to our feature presentation where we'll be talking about prom night from 1980 and hello mary lou prom night 2 uh from i think 86 uh we'll see you guys on 87. the other 87 all right and uh what what's the what's the flower that you get to put put on corsage. your yeah get your corsages ready conch. <laughs> and your conches get your conch ready <laughs> and prepare for prom night there's a special night in the lives of all of us a night to be beautiful to be desirable a night we can break all the rules and make our own prom night everyone at Hamilton High is getting ready for prom night it's a day of rehearsals, arrangements, final preparations, and last-minute phone calls. Nick? Wendy, do you still like to play games? They're too old for games, but someone still wants to play. Welcome to our main feature presentation where we're going to kick things off with Prom Night from 1980, which was directed by Paul Lynch and was written by William Gray and Robert Guza Jr. Uh, the film stars Leslie Nielsen. Uh, you 
can call him what you want, but don't call him Shirley. <laughs> Fuck, I fumbled that one hard. <laughs> um, we knew where yeah, you were coming from. Yeah, Jamie Lee Curtis, the scream queen herself, just, you know, continuing. It's crazy this year. So she did Halloween in 78, then Prom Night and Terror Train both came out in 1980. Um, and I got to admit, this is a first time watch for me as well. So yeah. I I don't think I'd seen I'd seen the I own the remake unfortunately, um but I had seen that one but this this one was kind of uh was coming to it fresh and I hadn't seen Hello Mary Lou Prom Night two either so looking forward to chatting with you guys have it, was this a first watch for all of us yes yes yeah, yeah. I I'm actually <laughs> surprised that Mitch like especially for you that that's a first time watch considering the the Jamie Lee love. Yeah, um, well, that and the slasher love, like I, that's yeah, just, yeah. I think it's because I had always heard, um, like you know, obviously, prom night has a really seven, like it, it made its mark in the slasher world, of course, like mm-hmm. it's one of the originals to rip off Halloween, um, but that's uh, yeah, I've seen most of them, but I just hadn't always heard the best things about it, and I know how much I hated the remake, so I was like, well, why would I, why would I even do this? um but yeah let's let's talk about it so the synopsis is at a high school senior prom a masked killer stalks four teenagers who were responsible for the accidental death of a classmate six years previously so who wants to kick us off mitch let's let's just chat about your first time viewing a prom night in 2000 uh 2023 it was um you know like kind of really fit into that schlocky slasher uh, genre there's a lot of like weird shit going on throughout it that are fun to make fun of but overall it really fits that that time frame of, of where you see you know sleepaway camp and all those different kind of the burning all the slocky horror slashers and it was fun in that way was it good not really but was it um was it fun it did its job um I'd apologize to Sarah for making her watch it, but well, especially the second one. But oh, I was gonna yeah, say, well, at least you, got, you got her to tr- <laughs> you got her to treat her to Hello Mary Lou. Oh yeah, she's she is blessed with be, <laughs> getting to watch that thing. Uh, so I, did, I I had fun with it, but it made a lot of notes on it. Did you um, know anything about it going in? Like, did, were you aware like Jamie Lee Curtis was in this? Or that's it. That's all I knew is Jamie oh, okay. Lee Curtis was in it. Okay. That was it. And and you didn't know that it like okay so this this film does have like a little bit of a, a cult following which I I found out upon checking into this I, I sorry I didn't mean to cut you off Mitch continue you have notes no th- there's um nothing really significant that I can say that isn't really in my notes when we start uh talking about it afterwards so yeah okay. um we watched it okay um I just kind of want to mention that like we had tossed around what films we were going to cover and and this one came up and it was like hey it's right around grad season like that's especially why i've been kind of busy is doing grads which is really boring so it's like hey it's fresh in my brain why not <laughs> um and and you know mitchell as a as a teacher here you know that that fits i feel like a very apt episode about you know graduations <laughs> um <clears throat> but this was definitely something interesting that like you guys are saying about there being like that big slasher craze post halloween um and there's so many of them and i feel like there are a lot of blind spots in terms of like uh ones we haven't like i haven't seen the burning and i know that's a oh, fantastic burning's film. great yeah, yeah and, burning's and I fun. Know, 
and like I, I have seen like Sleepaway Camp and Mitch mentioning that one that one I find like compared to I'm going to talk about a little bit about how I feel about this film if that's okay yeah um, let's get I, into it I, I feel like um just in terms of those like post Halloween slashers this one's really like in certain aspects poorly made and doesn't make a lot of sense and I know that you know that's an easy thing to throw it is like the slasher film doesn't make sense but just in terms of like what the killer is doing and how like how I think it's more how it's presented um there are things I, I liked about this film and the more I think about it a lot of the things I liked are either like good tropes in slashers or else things that were clearly ripped off from like Black Christmas yeah yeah and which were also like the creepiest I think like the phone calls I was really into and it's like oh these are like Black Christmas things I like that's why but I think those were were pulled off pretty well and I also like like uh, tropes wise um I love the idea of having a solid ass trope with the you know like having the the game that the kids are playing at the start and having that come in later I think like stuff like that's always great it kind of solidifies what you're at least trying to do so yeah uh, for for me like and this is like a blanket statement for both the movies all of the good things in both of these movies have been done better in the movies that they're ripping off um I fucking I found prom night to be such a drag like I really really don't give a shit about this movie um like and the the only thing like of course I love Jamie Lee Curtis and I love uh and what I like the real positive I can say about her in this is she's not playing Laurie Strode again. Um, like it's very, yeah, yeah, such yeah. a similar concept. Like clearly it's just lifted from, um, from Halloween and, and then there, but around this era, like, yeah, this might be one of the originals. Like, you know, it came out before a lot of the most famous Friday, the 13th movies that, you know, people now hold near and dear as some of the best slasher movies ever. And even Halloween sequels and whatnot. Um, but like in terms of, you know, you even mentioned Sleepaway Camp or another one that comes to mind is The Prowler and The Burning, yeah, yeah, all, all movies that fucking Adventure. do it so much better uh, than this one for me. And I, I just found it really, really dull. And um, mm-hmm. like I, there's there's a couple funny lines, but it really it feels like it's it's padded like crazy. It's like they had a they had a 40 minute movie here and they stretched it into an hour and a half. I really don't like it. It's the the killer is presented so lazy. Like you gotta give me more than a ski mask. That I feel like I didn't mind. It's bedazzled. It's bedazzled. It's a bedazzled ski mask. Come on. Listen, Cry Wolf uses a ski mask, and I like that one better. I need to. Yeah, I haven't seen Cry Wolf in forever. I need to watch. I will forever champion that movie. Um, (laughs) But but I also like. Some of the stuff at the end was I I don't know I I, I fucked with the vision yeah well dumb but I, I <laughs> fucked with the vision of what it was trying to do like I loved the um before that whole like uh I don't know what you'd call it like stabbing dance routine these two had but um I loved seeing the guy like get the axe in the skull or getting the axe in the head and then his his head's rolling around on the stage and all the light like I thought that was cool and the idea of having that like the last dance be between like. Lore, not Lori, <laughs> but you know, yeah. be, be, between <laughs> the extended dance sequences, man, like so much disco and, oh, and the shitty. Why was music. it so long? It was way, way too long. It made it's, no sense why I, that fucking dance off was so long. 
We need they, we need more dancing B-roll. Hurry. Well, they're like, we spent forty thousand dollars on the clearance for this song. We need to make it count. Because yeah, oh, but the the one line, it's it. I wrote like no notes for this one. Um, I was just bored. <laughs> but the I love the line for a guy so fast on the disco floor. You are the slowest. <laughs> like, fucking yeah. destroyed him with that. Destroyed. Um, so I, I I love the once again I love the concept of this. How could we not have a good prom night movie? Because there's no fucking we way do. That, there's no fucking way that three or four are good. A prom night as a slasher <laughs> should be well done, and the remake sucks. I know we talked a little bit about. I was considering watching it, and then after you'd mentioned like how fucking awful it is, it just talked me right. Like it, I knew that it was gonna be awful. Why yeah. can we not have a good one? Let's try we again. We do have a good one, Boozy. We just haven't started talking about it yet. It, you know what? <sighs> fucking Ari Aster hasn't made it yet. That's gonna be his yeah. passion project. <laughs> no, yeah. Can we talk like, about the character of Seymour in it, please? <laughs> yes. Which one is that? That's the one with the band. <laughs> Oh like yeah, the souped-up mega van. It's like, why does he have like this giant van? This character that is, is like a super pudgy nerd that obviously is thirty-six. <laughs> um, that's the other thing. I'll, I'll come back to Seymour in a second. Why do all the kids in this school obviously look like they're in their thirties? That's just that's like it, such a, a slasher staple. Yeah, it's so it's funny six years that... later, but everyone is eighteen years older. Yeah, yeah, like. It's like, yeah, this one kid clearly has like a mortgage. This guy has like gone through a divorce. Like these are definitely um you actually uh kickstarted my memory because I had sent Mitch a, a Snapchat from that the scene where that um what was his name again? Seymour. Yeah, where Seymour dies getting uh getting flung off the edge in his van there and explodes. Is before it oh. even touches the ground, it explodes. Love that. Yeah, love that. Why, why do we not have that's a great trope? We need to bring that back. We need more vans getting or cars in general getting flung exploding off the before they hit anything. Yeah, like or I saw exploding that at all. <laughs> they had at Dark Bridges, we had Drunken Cinema and they had Killer Clowns, and that's that's in there as well. It's like, oh, that's some good stuff. Mm-hmm. Brutal. Also, like the bully, uh, Lou. I have several notes on Lou, the bully. Uh, number one, uh, Lou is King Unibrow. That was the exact note I wrote. <laughs> yeah. That's Stephen um, King. How dare you? <laughs> yeah. Uh, Lou is the ugliest human I've ever seen on TV. <laughs> um, unnecessary. And also, we all know that person. Like, we all know a Lou that is just a full on, looks like there's a fuzzy caterpillar on his face mm-hmm. and is just and obnoxious just bully. Yeah, and they just don't. It's like they take out their their uh, unibrow anger on other people. Like, just deal with it, and we'll all like the be... cafeteria fight scene, which is in the world's <laughs> smallest school. I can't. I think yeah, prom night was Canadian as well. Yes, I know. It was. Yes, I know. Hello, Mary Lou was shot in Edmonton. Oh. No way. Oh. Yeah, it's an Edmonton oh, production. Man, I... I was looking for horror film locations to go check out being in Edmonton recently, and why didn't that come up? Because you West didn't Ed. know about the masterpiece that is Harry, Hello Mary Lou yet. That's that's very true. There is um there is something to, uh, that will be said about Mary. Um, I just want to finish. I don't know how much more you guys have about prom night, but what the fuck 
was with the the kills. I that or you was don't that see a, them. Yeah, and they just they got like they would just slow it down and then like yeah. freeze frame on shit. It it felt like almost like a like a TV movie. How how it yes. would, like I, that's yeah, yeah like if Days of Our Lives had like a slasher episode, that would be how everyone gets dispatched, and it would turn out to be like somebody's like uh, dream or something for like a a Halloween episode. There you go. I just yeah. wrote a I just wrote an episode right there. That's the thing that I can't stand about like I'll, like I'm a big slasher movie fan but for me it's like if you're going to have a slasher movie let's see the slashing and let's yeah, like that's what let's we're highlight here for. that's why the burning stands out so much there's some really incredible kills in it and that's why uh the prowler even holds up to be one of the best among all mm-hmm. of them and then in this one it is just like there's a lot of you know laziness to it and it feels mm-hmm. like they're trying to imply a lot of the violence um, cause they don't have the budget to show the, yeah. the effects. And I don't know, it just definitely felt in, in this one particularly, it, and it just makes it dull. You just watch shitty teenager, teenage characters that you don't care about maneuvering through a really dumb situation. And it's in, like, in... it's not even campy fun in my opinion. Like this one just, it's, it was just boring for me. It's no, not you're right. I, I think this one needs to get left in the 80s. This is very much yeah. uh, if it was comparable to something today, it'd be like the the movie that rips off something in theaters and it's in Walmart before the other <laughs> movie. It would be Alien versus Hunter. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's yeah. seen Alien versus Hunter, the at least the uh the cover somewhere that mm-hmm. fucking movie. Yeah, no, I don't know. Just if in terms of the slasher movies, there's just so many better ones from this era. But I can understand why this one is kind of left behind a little bit. And it's genuinely shocking to me that there is like a huge uh, there's a huge community of people who love prom night. But I'm guessing maybe they saw this when they were younger. Yeah, maybe like I feel like every film as it ages, people kind of hold it with that rose colored glasses. And I will Mm -hmm. say on a personal note, Jamie Lee Curtis saying that virus is the worst movie she's ever done. She must have like forgot that she did this because there's like virus <laughs> is way fucking better than this in every aspect. Yeah, but 1980 Jamie Lee could could sure get it though. I was gonna ask, yeah, because you're you're into Jamie Lee. I'm not as like I, I love her as an actress. Have you seen just, True Lies? She doesn't get me bricked up. You gotta see True Lies, and then that'll change your mind. Train places. Yeah, <laughs> everything everywhere all at once. <laughs> I don't know if you've seen that. Anyway, yet. Um, uh, I have a couple things just to like with the ending. If we can talk about the yes, ending, please. I, number one, I don't understand and like the whole setup. Also, why is the killer wearing lipstick when there's no mouth hole on the mask, the bedazzled ski mask he's wearing? Well, do you remember um in Billy Madison where he calls the <laughs> the kid that he bullied in in high school who's shining his gun? I felt it was he a was situation. Him. Yeah, the, yeah, just good, in there putting grab. on the yeah. That's uh, that's more of a like a mental in the mirror thing. It's not mm-hmm. as much for anybody else. Yeah, Maybe it's for him, not for you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And uh, at the end, where's Leslie Nielsen? Like, is he off filming Airplane? Like, what happened to him? Like, you just like was <laughs> gone. Budget ran out. <laughs> yeah, it is really odd seeing him uh, play such nothing characters when he's like he went on to be you know even before this like he's. He's an incredible actor and he's so, so fun to watch. He's so good at emoting and they just yeah. gave him nothing to fucking do. Yeah, he had nothing to do in this one. 
Yeah. So in this and this was the same year as Airplane. So maybe he just had all of his energy put into that that movie. <laughs> Uh, right. You guys have anything else you want to talk about with prom night, or can we get on to Mary Lou? I think we should yeah. graduate from prom night. Nice. Yeah. Well done. Vicky's getting ready for the prom. Good morning, prom queen. Only nominated, not the winner. But she's about to get a visit from the past. I've been seeing things. Hallucinations about Mary Lou Maloney. That girl who died at our school. The mind plays strange tricks. It's not my mind, damn you. It's Mary Lou Maloney. We're in trouble, you and I. What are you talking about? Mary Lou Maloney has come back. It's like I'm not in control of myself. I am afraid I might hurt somebody. Somehow her spirit has come back from the grave and she will come after you and me. This is the only thing that will protect you. Demon, be gone. Be gone? Come on. You're not leaving this house. Now, Mary Lou has found her way back. And Mary Lou is coming out to party. So the one that I had heard some positive things about, but mainly I just always heard like it's absolutely bonkers. This movie's fucking ridiculous. So I'm like, okay, I'm intrigued. I'm interested in seeing it. So Hello, Mary Lou, Prom Night 2 came out in 1987. And it was, my phone is being slow here. Uh, It was, the synopsis of it is... 30 years after her accidental death in her at her 1957 senior prom, the tortured spirit of prom queen Mary Lou Maloney returns to seek revenge. And this one is directed by Bruce Pittman and was written by Ron Oliver, who also went on to no uh, di- direct like the $100,000 worth of uh, reshoots that they had to do for this movie. And um, no way. Yeah. I'm going to go all over the place with this movie. What did you guys think of Hello, Mary Lou, Prom Night 2? Uh, it was it was a lot. Like, there was a lot going on. I think because of all the reshoots, it was really disjointed. I wrote down the quote from uh, Sarah after as soon as it stopped. I hated everything about that quote from Sarah. Um, for me, it was just like, it was just all over the map and hard to follow because it was just, like you said, it's bonkers. Um, I have a lot of notes. I love Michael Ironside. So yes, that I was uh, surprised to see him in that. Like he he shouldn't be. He should be doing better things at this time. Yeah, at this time, definitely. And uh, I made a bunch of notes. Most of them are making fun of Billy at the beginning. (laughs) Uh, But we can get into that later. All your notes are just bullying a kid. (laughs) You're taking. There's no way he's a kid in that. There's no way he's a kid. He's my age, (laughs) obviously. Yeah, shoot, shoot on them all, all you want. I'm, I'm definitely here for that. Oh, but that uh, a quick one that I want to say is uh, that the this film was written and filmed as the Haunting of Hamilton High. Uh, the title was changed to Hello Mary Lou: Prom Night Two by Samuel Goldwyn Company, who purchased it and decided to market it as a sequel. The similarities to the original Prom Night in 1980, such as the name of the school and the line "It's not who you go with, it's who takes you home," were entirely coincidental. So I'm a big fan of these types of situations where it's like, cause clearly this is just a, they, 
this movie has nothing to do with the original prom night. Nothing yeah. about it is the same. It first of all, it's not boring as hell. It, it's like <laughs> it, it the only the thing that it has in common is that it's like paying homage so blatantly to every other horror movie before I'm, it. I'm raising my eyebrow at homage. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> it feels like a lot of these are just ripping off. I I would yeah. say that they I would say that that would be the case if all of the characters weren't named after horror icons. So I That's think that it was fair, intentional. Yeah. So like, and that was another thing. Like this came out the year before, no, the year after Night of the Creeps, which also did it, mm-hmm. which is a far superior movie in every single way. But like when you're, when you have that kind of campy dialogue that's in this movie, like even, even the dialogue just had more, it was just written with more fun and spirit. Yeah. And uh, like, granted, it is just, it's a Carrie ripoff. It's a Nightmare on Elm Street ripoff heavily nightmare on elm street um and the exorcist there's like every single movie you could just feel the love of the horror genre that ron oliver like the writer had um making it Mm -hmm. and i just found it to be i was surprised by how much fun i had with it um because it is just it's goofy it's hokey but the there's some really good effects in this movie specifically they go for it yeah i I really uh, i (laughs) obviously this is the best prom night that we've seen yeah that like, we've i think it's safe to say that this is probably better than three and four yeah and like you were saying i love the uh I, I also love the the sequel attached to a film that has nothing that it was just like uh we were buying this uh that was like one of my favorite uh sequels that does the same thing as like curse two has nothing mm-hmm. to do with the first curse movie but it's a lot of fun um yeah but this this is i liked this one a lot it it was very uh, endearing, and yeah, I I really did feel the the love for for Nightmare on Elm Street, and then yeah, when it kicked over to being more of a carry thing, I was like, okay, I see where this is going, and it it's I'm glad that they did that because a good carry homage is always welcome around here. Yeah, um, <laughs> let's quickly touch on that. That like the movie literally kicks off with you know instead of pig's blood uh, being poured on Carrie. It's she gets set on fire by a stink bomb. Yeah, like, I will say that that like, you know, when your prank goes a little too far. <laughs> <laughs> what was she? Why was her dress so flammable? Why She's obviously made of kerosene. Yeah, like that's what I wrote. Mary Lou is obviously made of kerosene in this scene. <laughs> Maybe like back in those times, the the deodorant had more flammable material and less aluminum. Yeah, no, it's it's just everything about it is hokey, but there's some like genuinely cool kills. Sorry, Boozy, I didn't mean to cut you off if you were still no, no. going. I, I, I enjoy bouncing around on these uh, topics. I I think that there was some some fun stuff, even down to you, uh, like the music. I, I loved that they had, you know, the um, Mary Lou's kind of like a bad bitch, you know, mm-hmm. anytime she did come out, she had like he's a baddie. Yeah, she's like um, the, the creeper. The creeper. She has her own fucking yeah. music, own theme song, license yeah. plate. Um, but oh, where where do I go? Like, I I think that the the reason for a lot of people that this is kind of fresh in people's minds is there was a re release of this done in the last couple of years, I believe, because I've seen a lot of people posting about this film in a weird way, like um, 
what was the other movie Mitch had mentioned that that also had an anniversary that we were like, why do people keep talking about this? High tension. High ten. Yes, exactly. Um, thank you. Uh, but yeah, this is um, what else can we say? I love the special. I also sent. Um, I sent Mitch. I was Snapchatting. I loved it. Um, do you remember the scene where the guy gets sapped from the computer because he got a uh, he got electrocuted by the computer? Yeah, after yeah. he had his little interaction with that woman, and then he was going to change the score again on Mary Lou. Um, and the electricity bolts are going to his thing. I was saying that that's like the first time I saw boobs on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> I'm watching that scene right now, I have it pulled up on YouTube. <laughs> it's so it's, good. Um, I think that like michael ironside kind of like put put some effort into this i i think he's a fantastic actor i know that as it went along he kind of just like picked up a lot of gigs wherever he could good for him for staying busy um but yeah this was this was uh really cool i, I liked him being in this specifically and i also will say how do i get my hands on that uh that rocking chair there that rocking horse the rocking horse is legit. That's like, and that's such a, that's, that feels like such a poltergeist homage. Yeah. Uh, a, yeah. Like there's just everything about this movie just feels like a, it's such a over, it's such a overtired played out thing to say, but a love letter to these other movies. Mm-hmm. Um, But that's, that's why I was like, you know, it would feel like it's just ripping things off if it wasn't so clear that the, there was intent behind showing like the love for these movies. Like, even the first, I think it's the second kill in the movie, barring like, you know, Mary Lou getting set on fire, boom, roasted. Yeah, getting pranked, okay. Yeah, getting pranked. Um, but like the the one girl getting like hung up and strangled by the bed sheet, it's like, that's right out of Nightmare on Elm Street. I like love that... the, the misdirection on that one, that it was, she was going to get stabbed and then she gets... Yeah, it looks like she's going to get cutter? the yes. guillotine. I yeah, I thought that was that was a very smart kill to to give us the misdirect with that. Love the the chalkboard kill. I was gonna ask uh, Mitch Clark about that as a as a teacher. Do, do they still use chalkboards or is it all like digital and you have lasers and everyone's in probably um, whiteboards. <laughs> yeah, we we just yeah no lasers are all just in... whiteboard and a smartboard. I use a smartboard every once in a while. What's you a smartboard? VR everything. Well, it's like it's connected to your computer, so you like you can throw up uh, like your PowerPoints at the same time. Be you write on it. At, um, you can have your notes, and then you have this like a stylus pen, and mm-hmm. you can add in notes in there. Uh, that sounds like on... a sounds like a smart board. I'd like to see a dumb board. Um, <laughs> it's called a chalkboard. <laughs> I guess so. Wow, what a no sell. Anyway, uh, with the chalk <laughs> with the chalkboard, that I thought that was really cool as like a con, but. Is that actually scary for anybody? Like, could you be like, oh, fuck, a chalkboard? I don't want to get sucked into that. Oh, man. there As a kid, there are so many deranged things that have no right being scary that were scary to me. So I could see that bothering yeah. a child. But like now, like this is just a great example of a movie like that we always talk about, like the fun, campy movies to put on with mm-hmm. your friends. And it's like prophecy, yeah. even even prophecies, higher art than that. Also, shout out I myself. Yeah, shout out myself <laughs> for putting up the poll on prom yeah, night one um, or two and giving prophecy a <laughs> you could choose from prophecy. That's kind of fun we have on our Instagram. I love that that prophecy's taken off like in in our circle at least. Mm-hmm. Like, oh shit, prophecy fucks. Yeah, it do best, be the best. sleeping bag kill ever. Yes. Right? Um followed by uh, Jason X. 
Yes. I was about to say the Jason X one's amazing. I find this, and I know that this is like a classic 80s thing, but I, I find it so odd when films are like specifically about like teens and stuff and being in high school, and then there's just gratuitous nudity. Yeah. And I know that's a selling feature for, or was at the time and maybe still is, but um, it's just it's so much in it. And then like um, her trying to kiss the other girl in the shower, it was just so much shit went on in that change room. And she's yeah. got her her old boom or her boom box playing her what fucking old timey songs? Hey, come on, baby, hands. <laughs> I think it's from the sixties, and I think it's Goodbye Mary Lou or whatever. Goodbye Heart, yeah. I think, is what it was. But she was dead. Stop asking questions. What did she? yeah this is this is not the place for like trying to find logic and reasoning not right, this right. film does right. it make sense no was it fun yes like oh, why yeah. do, like why does the mary lou monster when she like rips through why does she look like old greg i don't know oh i love that final that final effect the the chest burster yeah and then yeah and then crawling out of the crawling out of the body and it's just like such a grotesque image it, and it looks great i have to wonder like maybe it's just me misremembering but that uh yeah the mary monster at the end like i don't know if it was like they did a reshoot i couldn't imagine them wanting to do a reshoot for all of this but like at certain scenes it looked like a completely different person which could just be the stunt double it was just like clearly a guy wearing a wig yeah and maybe no. that's just like me like how i was seeing it but that like certain times it's like that's not mary lou right there um but it's i want to be whatever you want that's fair i i really do like the once again i i love the idea of this having this like vengeful spirit come back and and uh like come and go in this uh, you know girl's body i like that and then i think that it really helped make her seem a little more sinister like once again with that rocking horse after it like turns evil i love that her and the rocking horse are just hanging out being evil together for a while it's like her version of like uh you know the claw with the cat mm -hmm. <laughs> no, and the thing that i like about this movie well that i found interesting while like doing some research on it is it got some pretty like in my opinion well-deserved praise as well like the it critically there was there were some really positive reviews from well-known names at the time mm -hmm. uh, like kevin thomas of the los angeles time uh said like he yeah okay so his a part of his review he said you don't have to take hello mary lou at all at all seriously and it'd probably be a mistake to do so Certainly, it's not on a deeply personal, high, highly idiosyncratic, artistic level of a David Lynch film, but it is a s splendid example of what imagination can do with formula, genre, material. And then he did compare it to saying it's a horror blue velvet, which is like, that's okay. insane. <laughs> okay. Like, I love blue velvet, love Lynch, but it's like, it is just so, like, everything about this movie is just deranged. And that's what makes it entertaining. Last real question. Actually, I have two. First one is, uh, why didn't the dad stop the daughter from making out with him? Remember that scene before oh she my left God, to go that, to prom? Yeah. Oh, God. I, I can't believe I, we. I almost didn't mention that. Oh. I forgot. It. Yeah. And I was so confused. Oh, man. Yeah. Let's, let's unpack that. Because the dad 
didn't react yeah. the way any father should react. Yeah, that was that was it was concerning as I was watching it, and, and it went on for way too long. It was the equivalent yeah. of the dance scene from the first film. Film. Yeah, it was so drawn out and so uncomfortable. <laughs> well, There's a that, million that's moments. That's on purpose, maybe. It definitely was. There's so many moments. It, it's trying to make you uncomfortable, and it's like well, yeah, that's kind of an easy thing to do. Make make someone make out with their dad for a prolonged period, and have it look so erotic. Like, yeah, well, that and the the erotic dancing uh, for Michael Ironside, she she really dropped it down low for him. Yeah, she hit the gritty. <laughs> I also love that Michael Ironside spends so much of this movie being like, "Son, quit being horny." And he's like, "I can't, Dad," and he just constantly leaves. <laughs> I can't, Dad. I can't not be horny, Dad. I'm fucking eighteen. Like, oh man, I like how yeah. Billy gained more hair as he got older and became the principal. Oh yeah, I didn't like, even think, uh, I didn't even think of that. Yeah. He was trying a new uh, experimental I think here product. Was my note. Uh, uh why does the high school kid Billy have the receding hairline like the rock and scorpion king? That's what I wrote. Billy is obviously 40. Yeah. <laughs> it's so unnecessary. But then I, like as soon as like I realized it was Michael Irons, I was like I and right here it is. Ironside in caps, uh, exclamation point, exclamation point, exclamation point. So I was, I was pretty stoked that Michael Ironside was I in am going to message all the dirt sheets now. And, and it's going to be uh, <laughs> Canadian wrestler Mitch Clark buries uh, the Rock's hairline. I'll get some. Uh, someone will be, hear, hear about me for once. That'll be the big thing. Yeah, you just made an enemy of all the Samoans. Good luck. Um, and entire also, family. Um, you know what? Maybe a, if they had more wrestling content in this, it would be in a, a more stellar movie for all of us. But I think this, it, honestly, this is actually, I'm going to rewatch this at some oh, point. Oh, yeah. I, yeah, I, I think this is kind of a little fun hidden gem. Yeah, this and, is and like, the very um, definition of that. Yeah, and I and I know like like Mitch, you're a big fan of like uh, Nightmare on Elm Street more more than myself, and like I I do love the series as well. I think that it's it's cool that there's a film that does a good job of actually kind of taking those ideas and concepts, or or you know like paying homage and mm-hmm. and like does it, yeah, like really well. I I think that that chalkboard scene could have could have been really hokey if done improperly, but I thought it was really cool. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's a blast. And like, yeah, just a little bit of trivia that you can find all on the on the film's IMDb. Um, but you'll see like most of this, like it really was Ron Oliver's movie more than anyone, I think. And mm-hmm. it ended up being that way because uh, most of the trivia is all about him. Um, but one of the things I found interesting is when tasked with directing reshoots, first time director Ron Oliver called Wes Craven for advice on directing a teen horror film. His advice was give them a scare, give them a hard on and send them home. Oh, they did that. Oh, cre- creepy old Wes. Yeah. How, do you, how do you just get? How do you just get his number like that? Oh man, he's he's probably people were probably well connected back then, and especially That's... like Ron Oliver went on to he directed seventeen episodes of or sixteen episodes of Goosebumps, seventeen episodes of <laughs> Are You sick. Afraid of the Dark, three episodes of Degrassi. He directed most of Breaker High. And four episodes oh, wow. of the new Adams family. So he like 
you know, it's very he got around. Yeah. I, I would love to pick his brain because that's a very specific thing about like, hey, what's the di- I know that there wouldn't be a huge difference, but it does feel like Are You Afraid of the Dark was slightly more adult than Goosebumps. Like, what would be the difference, like filming stuff like that? Just or, you know, even like the concept of editing that together and being like, hey, yeah, this probably... has to be slightly darker, but we that can't or, push it I don't too know. much. Yeah, they probably were just able to push it more with different networks. Mm-hmm. It's this is very interesting that way because I always, I don't know about you guys. Like, are you afraid of the dark? Always felt like the more metal version of Goosebumps. Yeah. Are you afraid no, of the dark? Totally. Scared me way more. Yeah. No, I, like I loved like, both of them. They were both good, but like it was definitely like tiered as you got up. It was more mature. Yeah. And yeah. like the scares kind of like would follow you a little bit more. Uh, but imagine you're like one of the people for really getting like younger people into horror movies you know because like goosebumps and are you afraid of the dark really were that outlet for like a lot of us getting into horror you know what i mean is like the easiest most accessible accessible version that we'd have as as kids yeah especially because yeah like before and break that, your high <laughs> and break yeah. your high i feel like kids yeah before if you're especially like young adult horror would just end up having to go to something like a, a Stephen King because the kind of that's, you know, more of that established name. And it's like, you know, who do I go find for horror books? But yeah, having goosebumps is like something that's so accessible and especially having cool covers. We talk, I know that we talked about this yeah. uh, like so many times on the show and all uh, our favorite covers and stuff, but yeah, that's really the part of it. And then being accessible enough that the scares don't, I maybe don't like I don't know if this would be the right term but like follow you home where it's like oh okay we had like a mostly happy ending I'm not terrified still yeah mm-hmm. except for that one with the librarian who's like a bug or eight bugs that one fucking did not like that one it was like goosebumps yeah don't you remember that yeah. one the, the the it was like having late library books and they came in at night and the librarian was chewing on bugs it doesn't ring a bell it's no like and then there's back. there's also that one where the the there's like that phony superhero and the kids go into his industrial lair that one was also very scary it was yeah. like, kind of like a, the crimson chin looking motherfucker <laughs> we're due for another uh, goosebumps episode oh my god i would love to do another goosebumps those were so much fun yeah absolutely awesome well yeah is there anything else you guys want to chat about with hello mary lou prom night too most ridiculous name in horror, possibly. It really rolls Electric off the tongue. Boogaloo. <laughs> yeah, I think it. This is like, like you said, it, it's it's knowing how to frame it going in, and mm-hmm. that you know, I think it's one of those things you have to watch more than once. Like the first time, there's almost too much going on mm-hmm. in terms of like, and and I, as you said too, it's you got to find all these little these little homages or like these little. Little, little tasty treats hidden mm-hmm. throughout it and that's going to be the big thing is it's it's like if easter. and when i rewatch it yes easter eggs <laughs> it's especially in terms of it being a prom a sequel to prom night mm-hmm. like i watched these in the same night and it's like yeah. holy shit is this ever tonal whiplash yeah but i was also yeah. like thank god thank god this one is at least fucking entertaining yeah it could not <laughs> these could not be any more different no um, yeah these yeah this one definitely a lot of fun i definitely would recommend people check it out it is a little bit of an 80s hidden gem i would say because i don't know too much about it i will ask for you guys 
are you because this is this is where my sick brain is going like are, is there any interest to watch the other ones i feel like i want to dabble in just to see like what it's all about i definitely i think i want to see prom night three the last kiss because actually i could be wrong but i think maybe both three and four like three is officially directed by ron oliver mm-hmm. um but when doing my research on these ones i had i did read that three goes directly into comedy and it doesn't like always oh. work like apparently mary lou is the favorite one mm-hmm. um haven't haven't read too many positive things about three or four all right but but yeah i don't know this one's definitely it's going to be on my rotation for when i'm feeling something particularly trashy <laughs> one of those things like i i got a soft spot for this kind of campy shit yep yeah also um, shout out rest in peace treat williams yeah all right deep that was rising alumni too. yeah oh yeah yeah um i guess with that being said uh mitch do you have any promos you want to cut or anything you want to talk about anything you want to shout out do you you know, do you want to tell people about your your corgis? What what can we what can you do for us here? Uh I'll maybe I'll send like a promo tomorrow when I'm like really feeling it mm-hmm. in the morning. I'll send one to to Mitch and you can throw it in at the beginning or at the end as like after credit stuff. But uh Right. I'm so I'm watch sorry. I didn't, uh, I didn't realize <laughs> that that throwing um, you know, uh the option to cut a promo for a pro wrestler would be so difficult. Oh, uh, I'm just sorry. I'm, I'm, just had to, I had to dab <laughs> on you one time with that one. Was this was this 2015? Good job. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'll, I'll think of something. No, I'll go in hard on Derek. Uh, but <laughs> pro wrestling wise, you can watch me like RCW and like Top Talent, other bigger shows in Western Canada. Try to do some big things. Hopefully, see me in PPW soon. Yeah. Uh, I love working for them. Good to see Jeff Drake. Um, you know, right now I'm just doing a ton of stuff at the Stunt Garage. Uh, they have, you know, uh, a couple guys that were in The Last of Us and some other like really big shows. So it's super cool being able to learn from them. And yeah, socials, Mitch Clark MMA, because I'm super original. Um, that's it. I, you know, I miss you guys, miss seeing you guys in person doing yeah. this podcast. Agreed. You know, in yeah. person. It, well, while Mitch Oliver is slowly dying, like our first <laughs> our first episode. <laughs> oh but yeah, that, yeah. Oh, the first yeah, yeah, that was uh yeah. that was like two days before the world shut down. Yeah, it was yeah. super nuts. But yeah. uh, you know, I'm just really happy to, you know, have been a part of the Druid's Hand project. You know, it's yeah. kind of like kick started uh, you know, a new new thing for me and you know, I was really blessed, you know, lucky, whatever you want to call it, to be able to meet you guys and, and be able to be in something that was so awesome and so special and has led to some other really cool things. And, you know, I, I know it's just a start for both of you guys, too. So um, I see a whole bunch of success for, you know, both of you guys because you guys are awesome and you guys kick ass. And, you know, I, I can't wait to see what kind of cool things you guys do. Thanks, man. Wow. I, I asked you to cut a promo and you just like cut like the sweetest promo on. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, like that that was really fucking nice. Um, yeah. you know, and it's it's wild to be like, you know, because it's like it was a tr- it's a treat that getting to know you and getting to experience, you know, moving forward in our friendship and all the crazy shit. Yeah, it's it's just it's so wild and seeing all the success and growth that you've had as well. Um yeah, and I so will well say earned. Yeah, it, it is. And Mitch, you can you can pump them up after I just have one more quick thing I, because I'll forget otherwise. 
change Instagram handle, you know, Mitch Clark pro wrestler, like, you know, Mitch Clark, famous actor, you know, I like I, Mitch I Clark know, MMA. Like, yeah. It's, it's just like, the He's whole, like, I think that's chapter. A, I'm so into your wrestling life that I'm just like, yeah, embrace it. <laughs> embrace it. Just go, go, go two feet into full yeah. heel. Yeah. No, and be like, no kayfabe Mitch Clark. <laughs> I love that. No man, anyway. that's yeah. It's very, very well, so appreciated. Obviously, and I know I've told you a lot over the the course of the last year and everything. Like this wouldn't have happened without you, and uh, you were like one of the first people that put faith in me and uh, encouraged me to do this. And you were the first person to volunteer to be in the film, uh, and that gave me a whole bunch of um, the confidence to go and actually do it, knowing that I had you. And uh, it's so incredibly appreciated. And likewise, it's I can't wait to work together again. Like we're gonna be buddies forever, but like there's gonna be a time. I'm we're like I know Boozy and I are both working our asses off to to get movies made and everything. So it's it's gonna happen again, and I can't wait for that day. But uh, I also I can't just can't, I can't wait to see you in Dark Match. And like I even when mm-hmm. I was at Cuff, I was talking to the producer of the film, uh, Michael Peterson, and he was telling me that you were great, and he's like, you have a big role. Like I'm I'm excited to see. He's like you you had a lot of shit to do in that movie. It was really crazy. Yeah. Yeah. It was really you nuts. Literally, like Mitch does a big literal role forward, and everyone was like, wow, that's a really big role, buddy. Look, I'm an <laughs> athlete. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. <Big> team. <laughs> it was it was really cool and really surreal. And you know, I can't wait for it to come out and hopefully like just the fact that now I have some some like, like actual footage from Drew's hand. And when that comes out, uh the dark match comes out, I can start to like have like a bit of yeah, yeah make a real instead of just using like all my fighting and like stunt stuff and slash the me getting like power bomb through shit you know yeah. um like the yeah, actual like pretend i'm a real actor so you are a real uh, actor. you are yeah you are you're showing you're showing range like that's what like because i know some of what you do in in dark match just we've talked about it it's like a very very different role than than what you played in druid's hand and uh, oh, yeah. I'm excited for people to see that. But that's been one of the big common things that comes up everywhere we showed is people could not believe that that was your first time really doing a movie. Because mm-hmm. um, like you look so fucking good on the screen and like you just really command the camera. Like so it's uh, it's awesome. I, I think like Drew's hand really worked out well. Like uh, I feel weird saying this, but like I got an acting coach uh, in the past while Mike Migliera, he, he was like the casting director for um blue mountain state which was like super cool because it's yeah. like a show yeah. i really like but he was like you have gravitas and i'm like i don't know what that means <laughs> but he's like and it like it really fit into druid's hand really well but like i'm trying to like expand and do better and you know like all i can say is thank you to you for giving me this opportunity to have an awesome jump off point yeah hell yeah and man I, I will say i need to ask a favor of mitch clark next time i see him so I know that nobody can see this and you can cut this if you want, but I think it's right there. Yeah. So my, my VHS is in the shelf here and I have Jesse and Mitch's signature in it, but I'll have to get Mitch's oh, yeah. signature on it as well. Hell yeah. Totally. Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. It's crazy, man. Crazy, crazy time, but this is just the, just the beginning. So, but uh, yeah, thanks again for coming on Mitch. And this is obviously not going to be the last time. Great catching up with you and we'll talk again soon. Like we always do. Uh, but yeah, for everyone listening, thank you for tuning in. Uh, you can follow us Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Uh, we'll have some updates there. 
Uh, it's obviously we're just leaning into summer, so things are getting even busier. But hopefully, uh, Boozy and I are going to be able to sit down and record some more episodes soon. Yeah. Uh, so you can check out uh, check out what we got going on on our Instagram. Keep up to date there. Uh, last thing for me is I just want to remind everyone that if you haven't seen it yet, uh, Druid's Hand is available on Screamfest YouTube channel. We just crossed 10,000 views, so that's oh, pretty yeah. cool. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I really appreciate everyone taking taking a look at it and seeing what we did. And yeah, Boozy, do you got anything you want to touch on before we close up? Yeah, I just want to say um, you can go on to uh, ScreamfestYouTube.com and check out uh, Druid's Hand on there. Uh, they just passed 10,000 views, so if you want to go <laughs> check that out, that'd be great. <laughs> all right. Okay, thanks so much for listening. We'll see you all next time on The Terror Table. <laughs>